This week on Kettle of Fish, musician Al Pist stops by to talk about the most annoying customer ever. Welcome to our after show. We call Kettle of Fish the No Politics Laughter Show. It's time for Kettle of Fish. No debates, hate, or arguments allowed on Kettle of Fish. It's like a Willy Wonka psychedelic acid trip. So hooray for Kettle of Fish. Alrighty guys, welcome to Kettle of Fish, the talk after the talk, the show after the show, the 20-minute comedy money shot after the two hours of political foreplay. I am your saucy host, Nick Katsouris. We've also got Dee, Fern, and Dwayne. You stuck around for Kettle of Fish this time? Yeah, my son didn't want to go hunting, so. But from now on, can you have Fern Fern do the intro with talking about money shots and foreplay? Because I think it would sound a lot better. (laughs) Um, no, I don't know. No, we, no, we'll no. work on that for you. <laughs> You're going to start getting fern in trouble here soon. Al Pitt is sticking around with I was, us. I was trembling. And I am glad <laughs> because I was thinking about how to throw together a last-minute kettle of fish episode, and then I was like, the customer's always right. This will fall in line with kind of our topic for today about PC and personal responsibility. Al Pitt, um, the customer is always right. Was that song written from personal experience, or can you tell us some of the bad customer experience you've had working in retail or customer service? You know, at, when when you sprung this on me at the last minute, the, asking me to be on this show, um, I, I've been racking my brain to think of like any kind of specific specific uh, stories, and I haven't been able to come up with anything specific. But I can tell you, when I wrote that song. I was working at a, at a gas station, old school gas station where you go out and pump gas, wash windshields, right. check tires, and I was doing that at night. And then I was working at a self serve station at night, like a convenience store type type uh, type place. So I'd go from one to the other, and <laughs> I mean, as you can imagine, like you know, the, the town that I that I worked in with the. Um, Full service gas station was, you know, a town that had a, had money and it had a huge retirement community right in that town. So, you know, ninety percent of my customers were old white people, rich people that just. Oh, I, mean, I bet you they were lovely to deal with. Oh, it was unbelievable, unbelievable. <laughs> um, you know, seventy plus, most of them coming in in their rolling in in their their large cars. Uh, and they would just drive and they bumped into something, <laughs> and that that was their cue to stop. And you know, when they leave, they they'd back up and until they bumped into something, and then they'd go the other way. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of where where the, that was the impetus for that for for that particular song. Just all the day to day people demanding everything and anything from you at all times, you know. Well, I know I wrote um, Office Politics when I was at work, and this is way before the days of any kind of iPhone or smartphone that you could make notes in or hum into. And I used to actually go on break and call from a landline my answering machine at home and hum the melodies in my head or whatever words I might have. Did you used to do the Mm -hmm. same thing, making music years ago, hum melodies into your answering machine like I did? You know... Most of the things back in the day, I was just I was just a lyricist, so I wasn't really writing many of the melodies. Oh, I gotcha. was, but I certainly always had a big book next to me that I was jotting everything down. And you know, I think I did more work for my band than I did for the actual job uh, most of the time there. 
Yeah, I've been there. Um, let me tell you guys a couple of my best customer service stories. I used to work at Comcast at the call center. And one time a guy called me. He was disputing. We The charges we always got disputed for on-demand were always the adult movies. Nobody in the house has ever watched an adult movie before. And he said, I didn't watch this movie. And I said, sorry, sir, it was on this box at this time. This, the charge stands. So this guy says to me, he says, listen, my dad owns Comcast. I'm the son of the owner of Comcast Cable, and you're fired. And I was like, okay. He's like, no, you're not kidding me. You're fired. Um, the police are on their way to have you removed from the property. You're fired. So I, I would appreciate if you would clock out and leave the property before I have you arrested. And I thought that was either oh very God. clever or very nuts. Another time, a little bit. New, New Orleans call calls in. Talking to the guy, he was unhappy with his service, and he actually put a voodoo curse on me and said I was going to have a dream that night that I had a heart attack and I was never going to wake up. I was going to die in my sleep. So I don't know if they're oh particularly wow. bad. And the best one I ever had was back when DVRs, just a funny Comcast story, back when the DVRs were new and you had to watch, you had to be watching the channel you were recording. Like you couldn't watch ABC while simultaneously recording on NBC. Um, guy calls up, older gentleman, he's like, I- I've been reading the instructions here for this DVR, and it says you have to watch the channel that, that, that you're recording on. I said, that's correct, sir. He goes, so if I get up to go to the bathroom, my TV will turn off? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Never underestimate the stupidity of people. Fern, do you have any good customers? You're not wow. going to be able to probably match that. But do you have any Pearl Vision stories? Oh, you know, I've actually got a story that may top that. But, yeah, the first one is... Hold on, turn just real quick. I think that curse did come true, Nick. You're stuck with me. I think that's the actual curse. Is this my hell? Did I die years ago and I'm in hell with the Wayne the Badger? Yes. (laughs) That's your yoke to bear. Sorry, Fern. That's okay. No, um, I had a guy come in one time and literally throw his contacts at me. I mean, I was sitting down, and he literally threw a box of contacts at me and started cussing at me and saying, these are the wrong contacts. I can't see. I can't. Hello? I went back to the, the physician's okay. chart just to make sure it was all right. And I said, look, these." I even called the company, and the company said, yeah, we did change the handling tent. And he would not believe me, was cursing at me. And I said, okay. And I brought him back into a lane with the doctor, and I said, this is what's going on. This guy is, I mean, I was in tears at this point because he was just so horrible. Turns out he has cataracts, and that's why he couldn't see the contacts were precisely what what they had. Yeah, it was horrible. Then another time, this old lady came in, and I, I worked with a lot of geriatric patients, and I saw her frequently and talked to her frequently. And she comes up to my desk, and she says, Fern, let me ask you a question. And I look up, and I say, sure. Of course, I'm expecting an optical question. She said, if you dropped your underwear in the toilet, would you pick it up and wash it, or would you just throw it away? And I just looked <laughs> at her, and I, I couldn't help it. It came out of my mouth. I just said, are you serious? And she said, yeah, what about would you, you wash them or would you throw them away? And all I can see is her in my head with her underwear around her ankle, swinging them around and then flying <laughs> off into the toilet. I'm like, how the hell does that happen? You know, so, uh, what, I would throw them away. You, She's like, yeah, though, that's what I thought. What about you, though, says to somebody, this is a person who would be an authority on this subject. I think that's the yeah, introspection I, you need, right? I have no idea what she was thinking, but all I could think in my head while she was just standing there was burn them, burn them, burn them. It was hysterical. 
me and you both worked at Pearl during the same time period, although at different stores. Do you remember when Pearl Vision, and this goes back to political correctness, we used to have signs at Pearl that said payment due upon purchase. In other words, you mm-hmm. couldn't order your glasses and pay for them when you picked them up in two or three days. You had to pay for them first. And and corporate actually got sued for class discrimination, and we had to rip all those signs off the desks and the walls. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. No, that may have been just before I started, because I think you worked there longer than I did. So right. that may have been before I started. I started in 2000. Yeah, so there you go, right back to where does political correctness kind of butt up against freedom and logic and stuff. Al, um, back in those working days, I mean, as you've had a working career, do you think the temperament of customers and stuff like that has changed? Or are things even worse because we all do feel so much more entitled? Yeah, luckily I have not been in in those same roles as as I was 20 years ago. Um, But I think just just being, being around people, in stores, you know, in different places like that, it's you you do see a, a sense of entitlement from customers, more so demanding instant gratification for things that, mm-hmm. in the past, would have been something that people would have been happy to have settled at a later date, or you know, just people just want everything and they want it now, you know. Yeah, and it is a bunch of it is a sense of entitlement and a sense of squeaky wheel. Me and Fern talked about this the other day. How many times have we sold eyeglasses? Said we really, really, really suggest that you get the eyeglass insurance. It's only an extra fifteen bucks. It'll cover them for two years. They refuse, and they're back in there. And three days later, going, I want free glasses. I want these replaced. That happened all the time, right, Fern? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's like, well, why? Why uh, these are cheap glasses, or you know, they would always find some other reason that it wasn't their fault that the onus should be on Pearl when they were given full opportunity to to purchase the warranty. So yeah, I mean, and nobody, uh, and that sucks. I mean, I got to admit, you know, if you buy a pair of glasses and you say, ah, oh, no, they're going to be on my face, what could happen? And you break them. Nobody wants to spend three hundred, three hundred and fifty, four hundred dollars on a pair of glasses that breaks in three days. I totally get the frustration level, but the, the simple fact is, is you had a choice, you made a choice, you got to deal with the consequences of those choices. That falls in line with everything. Yeah, and but your Obamacare pre-existing conditions, right? It should be the onus upon the people to decide whether they pay tax money or get insurance before they get sick and not rely on taxpayers to pay for it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I don't want to pay tax money to go to war. And you know, let's just like the the Benghazi committee. If somebody had on their tax form, hey, do you do you want to pay three extra dollars in taxes this year for the Benghazi committee, the eighth one? It's been running longer than the Watergate investigation. I think if people saw that in real numbers, they'd be like, dude, I don't give a shit about this Benghazi committee. But it's easy when it's all lumped in together for everybody to get up in arms about this non-existent thing that's been going on just because Hillary Clinton's running for president. Well, so if I you want to take a jab, I can jab. Contact, contact uh, comment. That's just another instance of big optical giving the wrong prescription, tricking this guy into thinking he has cataracts so he pays for an unneeded operation. That's what actually happened. Tell the truth. Except it was a private practice with an MD, not a, not a retail You're chain. part of the secret optical cabal. Admit it. I am. I, the, the optical <laughs> Illuminati. Yes. yes. Hey, yes, Al, do you have any um, bad customer service stories on the other end as a customer? 
Who's that? Oh, right now. Al, are you still with us? Oh. Uh, no, but I did. I, I suppose nothing, nothing, uh, nothing tragic that you know I, I could uh, pull out of my head. But uh, I did, I did think of something that that <laughs> that was pretty funny at one point when when I was working in the convenience store and uh, the line was all the way to the back of the store. There had to be you know 15 people in line in this in this little place, and this woman comes in all out of breath, yelling at the top of her lungs. Uh, about one of the pumps wasn't working, and she kept saying, "The nostril on pump three is broken. The nostril on pump three is broken." And I can't, you know, I obviously I knew it, that she was trying to say nozzle, but I think I made her say it about six or seven times <laughs> because it was getting a laugh from everybody in the room. Customer so. service does really harden you and really kind of make you have like develop a skill set to be able to break down people's personalities as opposed to people who've never worked one on one with customers. I think. I got one yeah. story. We're, we're back in South Dakota and we were at uh, Arby's. Yeah, they're the ones with Jamoka shakes, best milkshakes in the world. Jamoka shakes. Anyway, this little douchebag, about maybe early twenties, maybe nineteen at the oldest. We had ordered uh, chicken filet. You know, we ordered a couple dinners or whatever for me, my wife, and our two kids. And we're waiting for almost 45 minutes. And we're the only people in the restaurant. So I finally go up and I say, you know, you know, it's been 45 minutes. Where's our meal? And this little punk, he's lucky he still doesn't have a plastic fork embedded in his temple. He looks at me and goes, shit happens, dude. Fucking deal with it. I about jumped on the <laughs> The other employee there grabbed me. Wow. I, I was so pissed off. I told the manager. They sent him home right then. Got our meal for free. I called and wrote corporate. They sent us like $100 worth of uh, coupons and apologies and all this other shit. But th- this kid is just lucky that I'm not a violent person because I so wanted to embed a plastic fork into his skull some way, somehow, and keep it permanent well, there. Well, I barely eat fast food anymore. I mean, it's complete garbage. And especially at my age, there there's almost a, a fast food hangover if I eat fast food now. But I do remember when I used to eat fast food, getting so pissed off because they got my order wrong so much. I was like, you know, I'm just going to start pulling into a fast food restaurant drive through and saying, yeah, give me some food. Well, well, what do you mean, sir? Just take some food that you think I'd like, throw it in a fucking bag, and tell me how much I, you owe, I owe you. Well, what do you mean? Well, you know, you're going to fuck my order up, so this way I won't be mad and you won't be an idiot. If you uh-huh. just give me some random food and tell me what I owe you. And, I mean, the service is one of the reasons I stopped eating there. Dee, do you have any customer you're service killing, nightmare stories? You're killing me. This is non-political, but this can go all back to $15 an hour, how much they deserve it. All right, I'll shut up. <laughs> yeah, is I it mean, wait, wait, stop. Dwayne, when you go to the Renaissance Fair, do you start waxing political there? Can you go 10 minutes without turning something into a political conversation? <laughs> I asked no. him about how feudalism is so much better than <laughs> capitalism. I, I had hours and hours of conversation with him. <laughs> oh, God. D, customer service uh, voice. Yeah, you have I some mean, bad ones personally, and oh, did you God. pull a I, I did pull a bunch. Um, but, you know, it, my my thing was always, and I, I worked in different types of restaurants. I worked in fast food. I worked in quick service food that's not necessarily fast, but still like Long John's. Um, I worked at, you know, sit-down restaurants like Bob Evans. Um, you know, I, I did a lot of these things. And even now, I'm, I'm basically in customer service because I serve food for a living, um, even though it's at a high school. So you've always got those ones that are just stupid, just absolutely stupid. Like um, we always used to joke, and, and it happened like almost every day. 
Um, when you were when you walked in Long John Silver's, there was a big sign right next to the door that had the combo platters. And then you walk about 15 feet, and there's another sign identical to it with the combo platters. And then, of course, above the cashier is another sign, yet another, uh, with all the combo platters. And all three of these pictures are identical. They're all the same. They've had the same combo platters forever and a year. Everybody knows them. You know, there's fish and chicken. There's fish, chicken, and shrimp. There's fish, chicken, and cl- or fish, shrimp, and clams. I mean, everybody knows these things. They've been now the same you're sounding like Bubba Shrimp from Forrest Gump. Right. Well, I mean, every <laughs> you know what they you know what they have at Long John Silver's. It's not changed in like 20 years. It's not changed. So we would have people all the time, like literally every day, who would come up, walk, take their time walking through the hall thing, and come up to the counter and say, and point all the way back by the door. But yeah, I like the number four back there. I'm like, in, and you'd be like, this one right here with the fish and chicken. No, 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 the one over there. Like, but this is the same. You see the number? It's the same number. Like, why would we make a one, one, two, three, and four over here and have a one, two, three, and four next to the door? And they'd be different. Why would we do that? Like, what? Just, just why? Okay. But that's mine. Um, actually, we're out of time here. Let me get Al to okay. kind of tell us where everybody can find him, because not also is he in one of my favorite all-time bands, The Pissed. He's also currently in The Deacons and M13. Al, do you want to let us all know where we can find you? All right. You can, the best place to find me is on Facebook. Um, you could just search under Al Pist, and I should pop up there. There's also um, Facebook. Uh, Deacons have a page. And uh, M13 has a page on there, and uh, there's contact information. Get us right through that. And are you guys doing any touring, going back into the studio? What are you working on right now? Uh, we just uh, actually both bands just got out of the studio, uh, the Deacons and M13, and we're uh, we're going to be putting out a split seven inch, uh, Deacons on one side, M13 on the other side, which uh, should be interesting because both bands share essentially the same lineup, but both bands sound completely different from each other. I think so. It should be a good release. Nice. Hey, let me ask you one more kind of fanboy question. You guys used to have a pissed web pe- web page website, and I noticed about a year ago that it was not there anymore. What happened to you guys' pissed website? Uh, I just uh, kind of let it go after a while. Um, I, I had, you know, I had the name, I had the domain, and just uh, yeah, f in the middle of everything else that was going on, I just sort of sort of let that go. It didn't seem important at the time to have the pissed dot com, so. Um, you know, I just, uh, just, we just put up a piss, uh, Facebook page recently. Maybe someday we'll come back with, with the piss.com or .org or something. Fair Man. enough. All righty, Al Piss, I want to thank you so much. You've actually been on three of our four shows now. So one time you'll have to come play trivia with me and just make it like the total, um, gamut. But we are going to end ready. the we, show. We do trivia every Monday night. So, uh, here in Connecticut. Sweet. Very sweet. We're going to end this show with the customer is always right by the piss. Like I said in the earlier mm-hmm. segment, I could honestly just, just pick your album and every song like an Ignorance Equation episode about that song, <laughs> that album, oh, especially my. Ideas Are Bulletproof. That's such a relevant album. But thanks a lot for coming on today, Al. Um, the rest of you thanks, guys Nick. have a thanks great everybody. Sunday. And here is the customer is always right by the piss. We'll see you guys next Sunday. Later. Get a greater life set. I'll take the way to service. 
This goes out to everyone who works in public service. We battle the masses on the front lines every day. Good morning, may I help you? Now fucking go away, you rude bastard. Don't patronize me. You'll get some respect when you do something. You rude bastard. Don't talk down to me. You condescending asshole works of common courtesy. Customers are total shit, they throw this regularly. They think they need no more about my lousy job than me. They think they can do better, I can do it twice as fast. Here's your change, sir, now you can shove it. Off your ass, you rude bastard! Don't patronize me. You'll get some respect when you do something to me. You rude bastard! Don't you talk down to me. You're condescending asshole or some comic courtesy. Customer's always right, and Santa Claus is real. Jesus died for us, since we better fucking kneel. The customer's always right, the truth buries a lie. If you believe all that, I got some bridge to survive. Never once they please, never once they thank you. You need to consider a moron with no manners. So fuck you! It's obvious your parents didn't raise you very well. Have a nice day, ma'am. Now you can't burn in hell, you rude bastard! Don't patronize me. You'll get some respect when you show some to me. You rude bastard! Don't you talk down to me. You're condescending asshole. Look, I'm coming to the stage.